Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Super Bowl is around the corner and the NBA is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use the promo code Armchair. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And a throw, slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. It don't get no better than that, man. He's lined up to short middle, Beatty with the catch, and he's gonna jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree, running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, in his uh, Steve Jobs costume, it looks like today, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us today is Caleb Bungart, who did come down with a bad case of hoof and mouth disease, which is really sad, because he loves the Super Bowl so yeah. much. Well, I knew he wasn't going to be here, because uh, when we talked about topics for the show on the phone earlier... And then I got here and looked at the list. It's, you know, Stark's job offer, Mizzou, Alabama, Tennessee implosion, new defensive coordinator, recruiting, spring practice, Basilac. What was missing was Big Black Cock. And mm-hmm. I knew that if mm-hmm. Caleb was going to be on the show, he always pitches that as a show topic. And mm-hmm. we rarely get to it. <laughs> but if Caleb's here, just know that it's on the list of things he would like us to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, he, you know, I don't feel bad for him just about the show, Colin, but also just like it's Super Bowl weekend sure and it's not not just that his team is in the super bowl but that guy loves bouncing from super bowl party to super bowl party filling himself with meatballs and chicken wings mm-hmm. and i mean it's it's what he looks forward to all year long and obviously with the hoof and mouth disease and the pandemic it's just well and, i mean my suspicion he's and he's hopping from those parts also probably looking for big black cock <laughs> just a, based on my history with him but meatballs as well all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we may have gotten off topic <laughs> already. We've come to you to uh, bring you this podcast after such a long wait because Missouri just had the largest basketball win it's had, certainly, I think, in the Conzo Martin era. Would that be safe to say, Colin? I think all of Conzo Martin's best wins have come this season. Yeah, that's probably true. Of course, I mean, that's not a very high bar to fucking jump. 
but they're great wins for this season and in general. Missouri beat Alabama, number 10 in the country, Alabama, who was previously unbeaten in conference play. They snuck out a win with what, by three points in what a game they had led by about 20 points. 21, 22, something Most that of the second half, and they led throughout the entire game. I think Alabama got the first two buckets of the game, and after that, Missouri led throughout, and they damn near flitted this game away. I mean, every th- there was one point. If they had lost this game mm-hmm. after having a 20-some point lead, it would have been – Really, really bad. I think it would have been it would have been damaging to the team. So getting this win was super. That was a big deal to beat Alabama and get give them their first SEC loss. But it <laughs> either it's a really good win or it's a tremendously bad loss. There's mm-hmm. no like, oh, we played them tough. It's like no, when you have them down by twenty and then you lose the game, that's. They didn't just have them down by 20 either. It wasn't like for a brief moment they were up by 20. They led throughout the second. I mean, the second half for the most part was Missouri's second half. And within a span of about three minutes, I mean, they absolutely imploded. You know what I mean? Alabama, you got to give a team credit when they do come back from that big of a deficit. But this was simply Missouri making turnovers, missing shots. We did not score. And, you know, Alabama, they're heralded as a, a defensive team. And Missouri played better defense in this game through 90% of the game, and that's really why they won. I mean, they kept Alabama from scoring, but good Lord. Well, my biggest concern with Missouri was, even now, as they're playing good in in the top 25 and winning against, you know, ranked opponents, my reservations about going whole hog and and thinking, wow, this is going to be great, is that they don't have anybody, as you say, Brennan, when the tide starts to turn and they're up by 20 and now it's all slipping away, they've got nobody to turn to. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't have a... They don't have like a world class like recruit, somebody who's going to definitely play in the NBA, somebody that you, when uh, the moment of the game is switching, you can let, let's go to our stud, let him, you know, take it to the hole. Mm-hmm. And they just got a bunch of really seasoned role players. And it worries me that at some point, like especially in the tournament, they're going to run into superior like talent. They're just going to run to that NBA kid. And no, he's not a senior with all this seasoning that they love to jack off about, but he's also the most talented guy on the floor and will light you up and kick you out of the tournament. And we don't have that guy. And that's why I'm just, there's still part of me. It makes it hard to completely buy in because Jeremiah Tillman is a great player or sorry, he's a good player, but he's not a great player. We don't have a great player. And uh, I, I'd feel a lot better if our success was more <laughs> contingent, believe it or not, on a star. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it is weird because, I mean, that's what the Porters were meant to be. And, of course, that didn't work out. But this is a senior-heavy, experienced squad. I guess there's pluses and minuses to it. Generally, I think you want to see a team that can rely on one person or another. But what you're saying is true. We don't have the go-to guy. And Tillman has been that on occasion. He had nine points today. It was not his best performance. He did get into foul trouble late, you know, as he's prone to do. But it, And, of course, like every game, the officiating was incredibly sporadic and mm-hmm. weird and terrible. But uh, the thing is, I mean, they did – I mean, they missed shots. They had turnovers. They let Alabama get easy buckets. It literally looked like a game where Missouri was trying to to tank it. Like there was a gambling, you know what I mean? Like it was so bad for such yeah, a like it was on purpose. A quick a quick stretch that it did. It seemed like it was on purpose. But the thing that we have to, I feel like, eat our words about a little bit is that they did win. And they the last like what they the last five games in a row that have been decided by less than five points. Mizzou has won or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean they are they are winning close games, but they're putting themselves unnecessarily into close games. And I think everybody has had a level of trepidation. Some people are obviously the people who are constantly blowing sunshine out their ass. They think everything's great all the time. Mm-hmm. But most fans, they bite their nails through these games. And you know, 
it, they they did win. You know what I mean? They they held had two huge defensive stops and won that game. And we early, Colin. I know, like you kind of jumped off Conzo pretty early, right? Well, I just I didn't see anything. The style of play is hard to watch. Yeah, and, and he admitted that. That's mm-hmm. the crazy thing is he's like, I watched last year's games. I wouldn't have wanted to watch that. And it's like, yes, that's what we've all been saying. And they reverted to that kind of play in that three-minute stretch where they blew the lead. They just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. And that's what Conzo teams have done in the past. It's like a, a two-point bucket looks like an insurmountable objective. Conzo deserves a lot of credit. Don't get me wrong. And nobody, people love to point out to me because I have been hard on him. But this is one season, guys. You know what I mean? Like the, the seasons previous to this were not world-beating seasons. So I'm, I'm getting on board, but don't expect me to look at all what's happening now, which is a great season and, and, and a lot of fun to watch. But don't expect me to be like, all right, you're right. Conzo Martin is the answer. Because guess what? All these guys are going to graduate. And who's next? Are we going to have four more years of fucking kick, teeth kicking before we get have another season like this? I mean, is this something that we're going to sustain or is this an anomaly? Incorrect. So my, what? an anomaly. Okay. Uh, so it's what Conzo does more next season will probably be more – determinant in how I feel about him than this really good season he's having right now. How does he follow it up? Well, and, you know, he's he for me, you could tell this was a talented team. We had a couple wins early against Oregon and Illinois, which clearly showed when we played against good teams that uh, we were competitive. But we were blowing games, too. Now, granted, there haven't been that yeah, many. Yeah, this was like the Mississippi State game, except yeah. we ended up winning. Like, we had them throttled, and mm-hmm. then you let them, them all the way back, and we ended up losing to them. And so from that standpoint, it's definitely improvement because yeah. Alabama's a better team and we managed to figure out a way to stop the bleeding. And then we played Tennessee and Tennessee whipped our ass. And then we played them again and we won. And so that was uh, Tennessee, even more than Alabama to me is like, that was a more impressive win from the standpoint. Like I just, Tennessee, I feel like it's a bad matchup. Of course, Alabama's a bad matchup too, but regardless, I, I was impressed with the Tennessee win for sure. Yeah. It, the the original loss to Tennessee was when I really kind of jumped off of Conzo's bandwagon because that seemed like a team that we shouldn't – we we got blown out in that game. And I thought, well, we could lose. That was but when we the should, heat had really started to turn yeah. on the program. Like uh, people were starting to notice like, okay, now we – like maybe Mizzou's pretty good. Right. And, and just we shit yeah, just <laughs> – but the thing that got me too, though, Colin, whenever we took that stance, we were mad at this team and we thought they were blowing opportunities. The smoke blowers were telling us, well, you know, Tennessee's the best team in America. Tennessee's the best team in the country. And we have seen that that is absolutely not, you know, not true. Well, I, I, I can, I appreciate people coming, you know, trying to convince us and themselves that this is more than it is. To say that in that way, I don't mean it as an insult. Like Mizzou's doing good. It's a great season. I'm happy to have it. And I can't hope it continues, but. Uh, for the sunshine pumpers, like just we're trying to protect you from yourselves. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> we've been burned. Yeah, don't burn. Don't do this to yourself. It's gonna hurt. Like, have you not been a Mizzou fan for very long? You know what I mean? Like, this is gonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just how they hurt you. Yeah. So, uh, and maybe that just uh, says more about you know how uh, like battered spouses me and Brennan are, but. Uh, this program has done nothing but smack us into the refrigerator and tell us to make its dinner. It's been a long time since we've been good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. We just don't want you guys to be us uh, and have your hearts broken too damaged too badly. Mm-hmm. But we, I feel like I'm ready to eat a little crow, though, Colin. I mean, crow's we, delicious, Brennan. Don't we, let anybody lie to you. We're thir- terrible analogy. <laughs> we're thirteen and three, and uh, you know there have been times where we've looked terrible, and there's been times where we've been incredibly impressive. It's no, t- it's been impressive. It's been fun, and I enjoy it. And it, I, I don't. I feel like we're always bagging on Conso or the or the program, but it's mm-hmm. it is this is great. Let's enjoy it. It's yeah. okay. To, it's okay to be excited about Mizzou basketball. 
I mean, it, do you think it takes the puts a cloud over the win that we kind of blew it at the end? But no, it out? not at all. Nobody's yeah. going to remember the fucking score was. That's just going to remember that, like, especially if if Mizzou can get all the games played and they end up tied with Alabama, and because we're not playing Alabama again, we'll have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I mean. No, nobody will give a fuck. Yeah. No, against, and you know, whenever everybody's so statistics driven in all these sports now, I feel like that is the new way to be a fan and prove that you're a good fan is that you are like a math nerd about I it. I can't imagine that they're going to ask us to put an asterisk on the SEC, right. you know, conference champ po- thing we're going to hang in the, in the arena. So, I mean, like, no, I think it's fine. Yeah. No, I mean, everybody's so st- statistics driven that a win is a win. And this was a quad one win, as they say. I'm still used to saying RPI, but you know, this was, the best team we've played. No one in the conference yet has found a way to do it, and we did it. So mm-hmm. even though we made it a little tougher than it need be, you know, we didn't get into the specifics of the game. Obviously, Kobe Brown had a really good game, played above himself a little bit. Uh, Drew Smith led the team with scoring with 16 points and mm-hmm. a couple big blocks and uh, and plays yep. out of Mitchell Smith, which mm-hmm. as long as he's not shooting three-point shots, know, he's God. such a long, lean player. I like the look of him, but God – you know, don't fire them out. They're all, they all need to be, I mean, a little bit leery with their three. I mean, we're yeah. a team that shoots 30% from the fucking three point but line. But we sure fire a lot of them up That's there. That's what I mean. Like, well, and there have been parts of some of these games where I just, I want, um, I would scream at the, take him out of the game. And I'm usually talking about Mark Smith because he's, you know, throwing brick after brick after brick at the fucking rim. Um, but I, I sometimes it's like, why do these guys all have such a green light? <laughs> well, you know, I, there's, it's like everything. There's good and a bad with it, Colin. You know, last year we were afraid to shoot. <laughs> shoot your way out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wayne Gretzky says you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm. Michael Scott. That's right. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. We are playing more aggressive basketball this year, and I think that's a big part of why we're having more success. Like I said, last year and the year before and the year before that, it looked getting two points seemed Herculean. You oh. know what I mean? We just had a terrible offense. And – we throw the ball away a little bit more. We take a lot of bad shots from beyond the three, but we're taking aggressive shots and a lot of players are getting involved. And as long as we can do that, we've got a chance to win because we have a de- the defense is still good. It's not maybe as good as it was a couple of years ago, but you add some offense to the mix and it's a nice combination. And I don't know. I mean, I like that we got some big kids on the bench behind Tillman for foul trouble. I mean, I they're too. not Tillman, but you know, it's a complete team. And I don't think Conzo is a bad coach. I'm just not sure he's a good coach. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he can be very, he can very much just be a middling coach. And uh, more or less, everything about the team is is good on the whole. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not great, but it's not bad anymore. Everything's you know our our depth is good. You know our team is good. Our size is good. Mm-hmm. Our coach think might be good. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, so it's easy to be positive. I'll tell you, most of this season, I've looked at our record and thought. Right now we're sitting at thirteen and three, and I look at that and I was like, "We only had three losses." I feel like I've watched seven losses. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, but yeah. it's not true. We we pulled out mostly wins, but it it feels like yeah. we've yeah. lost like seven or eight games. But yeah, we, for no, sure. we're better than that. Yeah, and it's so. I mean, that's part of what we're dealing with. I think so. Oh, before we get off of basketball, I did want to circle back up to our previous game, which was against Kentucky. And it's another game that we won by five points. You know, it was got relatively close, but we, Missouri led throughout. Kentucky's not any good this year. They've, I think they've got five wins currently. Yeah. But, but they're ultra talented. You know, they are. And they're Kentucky. And mm-hmm. Missouri doesn't beat Kentucky that often in no. basketball and probably won't down the road. But right now at this time, Missouri's a better basketball program than Kentucky. And if you told me that at the beginning of this season, before everything got started, I would have been surprised to hear that. Well, I think Kentucky's a good sort of a snapshot of what Missouri would be without the seasoning. Mm -hmm. Because right now, 
They got, they got a lot of good players and they play defense, but they're young and they don't have a go-to guy and they just, and Mizzou is old and play good defense, but they're seasoned. And so they don't have the big guy either, but they know how to win because they're seasoned. And like Kentucky's Missouri only imagine all those players are freshmen and sophomores instead of seniors and juniors. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why when at those five point games, Mizzou ends up on top, that's where that seasoning comes into play. But ultimately you give this Kentucky team and all their talent and lack of seasoning, you give them that go-to guy and they, you know, they probably beat us. But right now Kentucky is Missouri in a lot of ways, only just young. It's nice to see a W on the board against a team like Kentucky mm-hmm. any year. They kind of like it away. You know, we beat LSU this year, and people want to put an asterisk on that because LSU had a down year following their national. Well, they didn't play a secondary, which seemed strange at the time. But right. I was going to quit. I'm not a professional coach. No, so they decided fuck. to go without any cornerbacks <laughs> or safeties. <laughs> I don't know what the point of that was. It was an experiment. It didn't work out this time. <laughs> no, no. But it doesn't. Hey, mean- Brennan, you got to try things sometimes. You know. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, before we go into our first break and get into football stuff, I do want to say Missouri currently sits at number two in the sec of course in basketball it's not broken out into divisions like it is in football uh there's a big range of people who are sitting at six and four in conference play and if we would have lost this game we would have just been in amongst part of the wash we've cemented ourselves as the second best team in this conference Mm -hmm. and like we said earlier the only team to have beaten alabama in the conference so you know the the season's getting close to march you know we've got a few weeks left and missouri can certainly do things to disappoint us they're talking about alabama being working its way up in that one seed sort of territory before this, this did was. not help that no, cause i'm sure about that but you know and where does missouri go i don't know you know they said you know if we kept on pace we could be a three or a five seed but you know we are a team that got beat by mississippi state mm-hmm. you know could that happen again absolutely who knows we could tank ourselves we nearly did today but i mean missouri's not sneaking into the tournament like we did whenever Michael Porter Jr. and Jonte joined the squad. Mm-hmm. People forget. It was great when they came and we had an excitement level with Conzo as a new coach. But we still barely snuck into that tournament. Yep. And we lost in the first round. Immediately. Yeah. Just like we lost in the first round of the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. We were not good yep. and haven't been good. Though this team is better than that team. Oh, by a mile. Yeah. Jeremiah Tillman, I'm excited about. Just in the – he was such a raw player mm-hmm. when we got him. You know, he was so – he fouled so and he easily. he stayed raw for a long time. He did, but he really has – Improved. He's yeah. improved dramatically, and he feels like a leader of this team. Even in a game like today where he wasn't, the you know, the star of the show, he's certainly a big – man you can rely on and a lot of teams would be jealous of just having that yeah so you know he keeps playing well and he's putting himself in some good position to be noticed but uh anyway he'll be important down the stretch let's take our first break colin we're going to get back with some phone calls and football talk this is the Mazzotcast. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Jumping little record, I want my jockey to play. Roll over Beethoven, I gotta hear it again today. You know my temperature rising, the jukebox blowing a fuse. My heart beating rhythm and my soul keep a singing the blues. And we are back. Colin, it's uh, we've got a lot of voicemails, surprisingly. I know you uh, 
might not expect that because we haven't had a show in like a month. Yeah, we haven't asked for voicemails. No, we haven't. But that doesn't stop our crazed listeners from leaving us their <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> They're deranged, Brendan. I've said it since the beginning. And I do want to get to it because it sort of speaks to the kind of season the basketball team has had more than anything. <laughs> so these are like the last month of voicemails. Yeah, I mean, the earliest one is at January 5th. I'm going to mm-hmm. worry about that. And then they go on up into the wind today. Oh, good. But it kind of tells you the roller coaster we've been on based on <laughs> what you're going to hear I'm from ready. these uh, calls. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Now remember January 5th. Yeah, there's about 14 minutes left in the Mizzou game, basketball game right now. Who are they playing? I don't know, on the 5th. And we're only up by three. We're up by, I think, about 50 at half. Uh, Sounds like Mississippi uh, State. I'd say Mizzou, we're hot garbage. Hot hot garbage. We're going to fuck ourselves over. Okay, then I should mention, we get a lot of calls after that Mississippi State game. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Our callers, for some reason, seem to be a lot more motivated when we lose badly than when we win. I remember when everyone thought that Kwanzaa was a fucking good coach for about six games because he beat some fucking teams and can't even finish out a game versus Mississippi fucking State, the most irrelevant basketball team in the SEC, which is going to be next to us. He, he refuses to learn how to pronounce the name. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's just a way to you know really dig in. Yeah, I think that guy's right. not even important enough for me to learn how to pronounce his name. And don't get too irritated if you're listening to this at home. It was a tough loss. And <laughs> yeah, this that's is, right. This is well over a month ago. Kwanzaa <laughs> Martin getting put in a fucking clown suit by an unranked team, and uh, yeah, I'm about done with the Martin experience. And fuck uh, <laughs> Rock Nation. Goodbye. I hope he calls. It, I hope he called tonight too, because I wonder if he still feels this yeah. way. It is an endless cycle of pain that seems to never end. We reference this at some point. Kwanzaa Martin is the fucking head coach. We have not won a tournament game since 2010. Fuck me. I just want to let you know, most of these calls are from uh, January 5th when we lost to Mississippi (laughs) State. Look at the name on the fucking front of the jersey. It's Mizzou. They're going to fuck up. They're going to choke every fucking year. (laughs) It's been over two decades I've trusted this fucking team. I'm done. This is pitiful. He's not done. I'm, no, I'm he's so not. Tired. I wish I had a penny for every time somebody said I'm done. We have a shitload of pennies, Brendan. It, it, it's 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 getting old. I mean, why why do they have to do this to us? <laughs> Again, I don't want to bash anybody because this was January fifth, but uh, you're not done. You're back. Yeah. You're you're in today. You watched every second. I of was Alabama. this guy that day. I yeah, mean, like I was very upset. Yeah, I called in with their fourteen minutes left. Okay, and we're up by three. But what the fuck happened to Mizzou? We're all minutes ago. She <laughs> killed Arkansas. What the fuck happened to Mizzou? Uh, sincerely, Dick Wiley. Thanks <laughs> for signing off, Dick. Alrighty, here we go. I literally got so much shit last week for saying Quanzo is a fucking shitty head coach when we lost to Tennessee. And now, look what fucking happens. Two weeks later, we fucking lose to goddamn Mississippi State. The episode because I'm always so down on Conzo, the, the Conzo haters really feel comfortable with us. <laughs> I think maybe they do. It's also like, you know, I said it feels like, we, I look and we have three losses on the season, but it feels like we have seven. Yeah. I, the, the, the Mississippi State loss, so it, it was, was like a devastating, it was a yeah. devastating layout. It was worth five right there. And the Tennessee loss, that was worth like four losses. Mm-hmm. It felt like four losses in one night. I understand. I mean, we all feel it. We know what they're going through. But it's nice to to listen to these, knowing that we got a big, fat top ten win that tonight. That uh, yeah, it makes it easier, more much more palatable. Saves the wounds. Mizzou just play basketball, fundamental sound basketball, and go out and win. Thank you, M I Z. By the way, this is Mister Creighton. 
<laughs> I tell you what, Mizzou, uh, like good fundamental basketball. It's like, I don't really, it's not really that is what worries me a lot of times. It's just the, it's a, we can't hit a fucking shot to save our lives, but we're going to shoot 27 more three pointers. <laughs> Mitchell Smith is like, you know what? If I'm open, I'm shooting from three pointers and it'd be like 0 for 8 or 1 for 8 after the game. You're just like, take the green line from him. Somebody stop him. Well, and the other thing to me about this team is it's like, okay, we got a six point lead. We've got a minute and 34 on the clock. I'm going to dribble off my foot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like horrible live ball turnovers at the worst possible minute. Okay, but this is, keep in mind, we had a huge win tonight. <laughs> Yeah, this is Sam from Kansas City. And Hi, I'm Sam. Just, I'm just fucking tired of watching the Tigers just shit away. <laughs> I like that we're playing Mississippi State's voicemail on the game we beat. <laughs> top just, <laughs> they're so <laughs> mad. There's so many of them. I don't know. Get fucked. Like I, I'm tired of I'm tired of losing these games. <laughs> this is like literally the, like the third loss of the yeah, season. Yeah, we've only yeah, lost I'm, three. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so sick of it. And this was only the second. I think we're up what like 15 in the first half. Yeah. In the second half, we just shit it away. Like, yeah, we sure did. But then we beat Alabama today. You don't yeah. know that. We also beat Tennessee again. Yeah. I'm hurt. He's going to be okay. Yeah. It's nice to know that he's going to be, he's okay. Because or some shit like that. Yeah. You'll pull through. <laughs> Trust us. This is the last voicemail from the Mississippi State game. I'm sure you all are happy about that. Alonzo Martin is a fraud. <laughs> Okay. All right. There you go. All right. So what I didn't realize is, Colin, all the voicemails from Mississippi State, we do have four from today. So let's get current. It's February. It's February 6th. We just beat Alabama. And let's hear what our fans thought tonight. God damn, we look like shit at the end. <laughs> we'll not win. But this won't matter in a week because we're going to lose the <laughs> they leave his name as an Eeyore? Yeah, we. I mean, we just won, guys. I know, I know it was a bad... Fucking Eeyore. Man, I mean, we... Yeah, we nearly blew the league, but we didn't blow the lead. We beat Alabama. That's big. Tomorrow, you'll be happy. I don't know, Christopher okay. Robin. Look, um, after watching Mizzou piss down their leg and that comeback by Bama today, if I have to watch the same fucking thing in the Super Bowl tomorrow with Tom Brady, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> after win and we're going to give a Mazad guest sticker to the first person who says something positive about our nationally ranked team in basketball uh, I don't know uh, you know number two in the entire conference oh, holy cow what a win I want to kiss Miss Smith in places that my mother would not approve of <laughs> holy cow top ten win the team just keeps finding ways to get wins left and right oh I'm elated right now I've just been blasting a fight song since the game ended Oh my gosh! If that guy's not an antler, M I Z, let's go drink. That guy's got the. That guy's in school and he's a, he's not an antler. It's a shame. He's vibing. Search him out. Yeah. He's got antler vibes, and he's finally. This is what we need. This is the right attitude. Celebrate this, guys, because we don't beat top ten teams every day, and we did. And yeah, it send us a message. You're, we owe you a sticker. Yeah, that's right. You're the you're the one. Whoever you are, holy cow, guy. <laughs> We had one positive voicemail. I mean, a huge win. We, yeah. And we had a, we've had some big wins. Mm -hmm. No voicemails. No, we got one guy celebrating. Whoever you are, send us a direct message. Send us a tweet. Get in touch with us. Mazodcast at gmail.com. Let us know who you are. We owe you some Mazodcast stickers for being the one happy person in the Mizzou <laughs> nation. <laughs> While Mizzou basketball is in full effect right now, we do have a little football news. Obviously, uh, Missouri had gone through a coaching search while we were taking a break at the end of the season. Our defensive coordinator position was open, and finally, thank Christ, 
Coach Eli Drinkwitz chose Steve Wilkes to be Missouri's new defensive coordinator. By now, you've probably heard a lot about him. He, uh, I think the interesting thing about him is that he had basically taken a 15-year hiatus from college football. He'd mm-hmm. been in the NFL for a very long time, uh, culminating in an Arizona Cardinals head coaching position that lasted one disastrous football season. Yeah. And then, of course, he spent the last year with the Cleveland Browns, which was, of course, another disastrous football season. But I don't think anybody put the blame squarely on Steve Wilkes. He's uh, been a very aggressive defensive coach for a long time. It'll be interesting, his transition back into college football. And from what we hear about Steve Wilkes is his main deal is he loves to blitz. Good. He's a blitzing machine. Well, I think I've said it. I mean, as long as you got the horses to do it. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather our defense get burned over the top because we're being aggressive than just fall into some sort of zone prevent where they just they march down the field, just destroy you. Whereas, yeah, you may get burned on an aggressive defense, but you're also going to you're going to sack the quarterback. You're going to force some turnovers. You know, you're just hoping the scales at the end of the day swing in your favors for the risk you take in an aggressive defense. But I just, it, I much prefer it. I do too. It kind of feels like you're on offense both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? You're trying to dictate it. Maybe you don't get the job done. Maybe you get whipped. But at least you're taking it to them and trying to dictate terms. And I like that. Well, Captain Munnerlin, a former Panthers defensive back, had once said about Steve Wilkes, he said he is not a guy who likes to get dinked and dunked on. He wants to go after it. So, oh, God, I like this guy already. Yeah, so I, I mean, it, it seems to mirror the way Drinkwitz plays offensive football. You yeah. know, it doesn't surprise me. And also, you know. Mizzou's going to be the aggressor. And I don't think a lot of people had him necessarily on their radar of who Drinkwitz might pick. But how many times are you going to go out into the market and find a guy who's been a defensive coordinator at the highest level, a head coach at the highest level, yeah. and have him on your sideline? Yeah. So it's a good pick, hopefully. I mean, Coaches – Hires look good and the recruiting looks good. And you just go, I, I, I hope Drink is not spending the money that the Tennessee was to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, because he's just done a really good job. And it's like sometimes you're going, how is he recruiting this well? And how is he, you know, getting the interest of this coach? And But I think people can just tell that Drink has things cooking at Mizzou. And it's, so it's an attractive place to go. We are a program in ascension. And I think we, you know, we, whether the other teams like it or not, we carry that SEC label on our jerseys just the same as they do. Yeah, and we've that talked about people. that sales pitch. And mm-hmm. Drinkwitz specifically has talked about that sales pitch that he's selling that SEC brand to those kids in Nebraska or Iowa, you know, up north. I mean, there was this sort of this thinking maybe that because Mizzou was in the SEC, they had to live in the South. And I think Drinkwitz is kind of like, no, we're going to take that brand. We're going to shop at some places that, you know, are been having to look at the Big Ten for too long. Yep. So, anyway, uh, Steve Wilkes, he, he tends to have uh, – he, he likes zone defenses. He said his base defense is sort of a 4-3, but in this mm-hmm. day and age, you're kind of everything yeah. all the time. So, it'll be interesting. I'm eager to see what happens. I feel like there's not really a downside for us. If it doesn't work out, you can always hire a new defensive That's coordinator, true. you know. That's true. But if it does work out, it looks like a, uh, you know – yeah. Diamond in the rough. So good luck to him. Also, Jethro Franklin is our new defensive line coach, also an NFL guy. He'd been at Seattle. He'd been with the uh, Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, mm-hmm. I guess, but Oakland when he was there. So uh, we've got the coaching staff sort of figured out, and spring practice is just weeks away now, Colin, February 28th, and the Tigers are back on the practice field. I think what Drinkwitz would like to do is have an, you know an, an explosive offense. That's his his bag, he's going to try to develop Basilac and this offense into something that scores a lot. And if that is what you intend to do, it makes all the sense in the world to have an aggressive defense that blitzes because theoretically you're going to be playing with leads and you're going to put teams in a position where they have to throw the football. You're ready to blitz because you know exactly what they're doing every down. Mm-hmm. 
But you got to get the lead to do that. But I think that's what Drinkwitz's confidence is. He's gonna he's gonna play with leads, so he wants a defense that's uh, prepared to play with a lead to really put the pressure on. Yep, and uh, you mentioned Bazelak being the quarterback. Drinkwitz went on St. Louis radio a while back and basically said that uh, Connor Bazelak was SEC freshman of the year. You got to do a lot of work to get him off the post of QB one. Mm-hmm. So he's not. Pretending that there's going to be a quarterback controversy controversy for us at all. He's saying Bazelak's his guy. I'm satisfied with that. I mean, for what people. Hey, Brendan, hold on a second. Are we having. Hot Connor Cook Talk. Well, it's been a long time since we've had one of those, Colin. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard that one before. You can always tell the people who've been listening to the Mazodcast a while because they will reference Hot Block Mock Talk. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a while ago now. Yeah, yeah. That's but true. yeah, we got Connor Cook talk now. Yep. Hot Connor Cook talk. But it uh, sounds like Connor's got the distinct advantage at this point. Now, I mean, honestly, I hope he keeps it because if Cook ends up being the main guy, that means there's either been a bad injury mm. or that he's played like dog shit. And I don't think he will. I mean, I, I'm no NFL scout, but I watched Counter Base like play. I liked everything I saw. And he knows how to run Drinkwitz's offense, you mm. know, and he, he seems he, to he, he, get better, hopefully. And he played well this season. You and, know, yeah, so. and I think maybe people had expectations of him being like a big gun type of quarterback early because we played LSU. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, they I still don't have, have a secondary. Some, I still have some of those expectations. He can do that, but and he has a sidewinder tendencies. But what I'm saying is he's also a pretty good game manager when he mm, needs to no, be. No, for sure. And they had a they had a Larry Roundtree and Beatty. I mean, they were right to lean on their running game more than maybe we would have liked them to. But mm-hmm. I bet you that Connor Baselak is talented enough that if Drinkowitz wants to run the game, put the game on his arm and run it through his arm, he'll know how to do that and have the ability to do it. Do you, not every quarterback does. Now that Beatty's the sort of uh, senior spokesman for the running back position, do you think he's going? they're going to run the same type of thing where they basically had a two-running back system, or do you think it's going to be all Beatty? God, all who time? was that kid? Young? Is that his name? Yeah, the, Elijah Young. Jesus Christ, he looked fast. I, yeah. I can't imagine that uh, Drinkwitz, especially with him playing him a little bit this season, isn't going to be looking for an excuse to – that kid looks, I mean, just at a glance, pretty electric, and you want to find a way to put the ball in, in kids like with that kind of speed's hands. And whether it was Odom or Drinkwitz, they've never used Beatty as an every down kind of back anyway. Well, and he's never, that, yeah, it's never been his role, but I, you know, I think if you, you know, we, they sort of expect him to be the bell cow this year. He's big enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we've always thought of him as he's something of a talented. scat back being, um, because he is really fast, but he's not a small guy. I think he could physically, you know, be that number one running back but especially but, when you have that like i said that that he can be the thunder too and i think we got lightning and whatever that other kid young kid his name is yeah young yeah young 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 yeah young, 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 young. <laughs> who knows the platoon knows the names of the players i said young yeah. anyway that young fellow that's named young yeah so that's good but uh speaking of looking at the future it was also National Signing Day this week, Colin, and it was kind of a quiet week for Mizzou. As yeah, well. we all signed up in December, didn't we? Yeah, most of Missouri's recruits came in December. I think the biggest thing to come out of Missouri's uh, National Signing Day, the traditional signing day, was uh, the three-star running back, B.J. Harris, out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, he bolsters that running back squad we were just talking about. Missouri's class is ranked number 21 in the country, but somehow they're ranked 47th in the SEC. <laughs> I think they're ranked like eighth in the SEC recruiting, yeah. which is probably as high as they've ever been. It's Especially remarkable. this late in the recruiting process. Like at some point, sometimes Mizzou picks up people early 
and it shoots them up there towards the top of those rankings. But you know, like, oh, that's because a bunch of people. This is at pre or this is post National Signing Day. People have decided where they're going now. Yeah. And so Mizzou's finish. I mean, it sounds better. I mean, we're not typically. 21st in the nation, 8th in the SEC at this point. Yeah, the crazy thing to me is always like, we're 21 in the country. That means there's 20 schools in America better than us in recruiting, and fucking seven of them are in our own conference. You know what I mean? There's there's at least 13 other universities in the country, but fucking seven of them are ahead of us in our own goddamn conference. But like you said, it's better than where we usually are. Yeah, no doubt. It's by, a, a, by a large margin. I mean, if we have another recruiting class, all you have to do in the – Put a couple of these together. Yeah, in college, I feel like you string together two great recruiting classes. Usually, you can do pretty well. Tennessee is sort of like, well, certainly an exception to that rule. We, yeah, I was going to say, like, let's – if we're going to make uh, generalizations, let's make them based on the rule and not the exception. And yeah. Tennessee is uh, good recruiting and no delivery is, uh, is the exception. <laughs> Speaking of Tennessee – Yeah, how about those guys – yeah, like I, I think I when I was reading the list of uh, things we wanted to cover on the show, you want to uh, go around the horn. I was, uh, I was thinking of uh, one of the things on the list was Tennessee implosion, and so yeah, let's talk about it. All right, let's just call our Tennessee talk around the horn. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And forgot about that horn. Yeah. Uh, cutting to the chase, Tennessee has a new head coach and somebody we're all familiar with, Josh Heupel, but the route to getting there is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pruitt's going to save the day. He's the guy. He recruits more. He's this guy, a coach. Yeah. That's you know, uh, <laughs> I just – these people are crazy. When we hear this shit from Tennessee, oh, and it's they been said about years Butch now. Jones, they did what they. He was the he was the answer, and then Jeremy Pruitt and like Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt, Philip Fulmer, Fulmer and Pruitt have destroyed the Tennessee program for years to come. Tennessee is an absolute dumpster fire, and yeah, and of course they're under sanctions now as well. Imagine the movie Blue Chips, if you would, and apply it to Tennessee's football program. I mean, like they are. We're blatantly like handing people cash in McDonald's fucking bags. It's, it, if if it was um if it was a movie script, you would have been like, no, this is too cliched. Yeah. No, no football program would be so careless. Yeah, it's like and how so John Voight runs a football program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the program. You know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. It's blue chips. Everything's over the top. The only thing Pruitt did accomplish was he broke a five year losing streak to Mizzou. Yeah, I guess he got that. I. I I'm guessing they traded at this point for for <laughs> you know the fact that they're uh, all the scholarships they're going to lose. You know, I'm looking like, forward to another five year streak coming ahead. You know, <laughs> you know fuck you, know, you Tennessee. Shit. Well, it's one of those things. Tennessee has been living off of past glory for a long time, and I'm just like, it's about a to get really longer. Long you know what I mean? Like, it's about to get longer because you guys were you guys when you were still recruiting well in a program that wasn't going to be sanctioned into fucking oblivion couldn't win. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, how's it going to go now? You know, I'm thinking students at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville right now, in their lifetime, mm-hmm. Tennessee's never been very good at football. No, they sure In have. their entire lifetime, yeah. they've been bad. And Tennessee fans who are older than that, forget that. They mm-hmm. don't realize yeah. that it's been an entire generation 
of human beings. Yeah, I don't guess 1998 seems that long ago to them. Yeah, it doesn't because they weren't mm-hmm. born. They were just a <laughs> dream in some drunk Tennessee fucking buffoon redneck's eyes. Well, that's what I'm, but anyway, it's been since 1998 and I just, I really, I mean, they have been so blatant and they don't even, I don't think they even, they really haven't parsed all it, it all out yet, but it's fucking bad. And uh, boy, I'm here for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get happened to a better program. What do you think about Josh Heupel taking that job? I mean, do you think he walked into an absolute buzzsaw nightmare? Because it's I, hard to play under that kind of no, black cloud. And here's the reason I don't think that is because you know how incestuous the SEC is. Well, he'll now have been a head coach at an SEC program. He'll now have run an offense at an SEC program. He's going to get, you know what I mean? He's getting that anointing as a SEC coach. So, Guess what happens to him as soon as, you know, this epically fails, which is bound to. Yeah, he gets the South gonna, Carolina job. Either that or he's coordinator at fucking, now he's coordinator at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he procures that into, you know what I mean? But he's going to be, he's basically plugging himself into the SEC coaching. He started that party. at Mizzou, obviously. Yeah. And the Caligula level orgies of coaching yeah, the, that happen and, at the, the musical chairs. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I just want to circle back though, Colin, because I do want to revel in Tennessee's misery a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you'll oblige me. Please, please. <laughs> so the Chancellor of Tennessee, Don Dame Plowman, he- Plowman? Yeah, that's right. Plowman. <laughs> he addressed some of the charges that the NC was bringing towards mm-hmm. Tennessee and Pruitt in particular, who was such a good coach and was going to bring oh, them back to relevancy. Yeah, they were, they were back. Here's what Tennessee's own chancellor said. What is so disturbing as demonstrated by the scope of these actions is the number of violations and people involved and their efforts to conceal their activities from our compliance staff- and from the athletic department leaders, we deeply regret the impact this may have on our many student athletes, particularly the vast majority of our football players who had no involvement in this matter at all. Well, and while that all may be true, <laughs> the vast majority may not have been dirty, dirty cheaters. Yeah, there were enough that uh, you just said that the violations were astonishing, the <laughs> yeah. volume of violations and the number of people involved. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Pruitt is out the door and former who hired him in a weird situation led by Clay Travis, if I recall right. Uh, he's out the door as well. It's yeah. a disaster. Well, I've always time. said it. I'm not sure, you know, letting a, a shock jock or whatever. Well, I don't know what you would even refer to fucking Clay Travis as. Pond scum. He's just like the <laughs> rat that eats the shit that's left <laughs> no, over from I mean the orgy. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know that some some internet personality is the best person to let you know sway how the fucking program ought to run. Clay Travis is if you have a disgusting sex orgy amongst middle aged people mm-hmm. and inevitably there's going to be some grapes that don't get eaten. (laughs) (laughs) He's the rat that eats those rotten grapes. Yeah. After the sex orgy's over. Mm -hmm. That's Clay Travis. Anyway, (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Yeah. Don't go down that road. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. They're in total disarray. And I mean, Tennessee, fuck. I, I, I like to compare them to Nebraska. Maybe I'm not the only one. But they were both think they're better than they are, live in the 90s, mm-hmm. and are not – I mean, are long since not been good I, blue chip I had some, some – Who's worse? Well, I had some – I had more hope that Tennessee would become something. Because I, I did figure at some point they're going to get the right coach. You yeah. know, sort of like Georgia did. Like at some point, Tennessee's resources and, and their program, like at some point – but, you know, then they keep hiring people like Fulmer and like – somebody hired Butch Jones. You know, somebody thought that was a good idea. My point is at some point they're going to get somebody worthwhile and hire a good coach. And given the resources, Tennessee could return to some prominence Mm -hmm. because they're in the South and the SEC and Nebraska's who wants to go to fucking Nebraska. Nobody. I mean, nobody. And when you, the only thing you're selling, 
about going to fucking Omaha, Nebraska. Incorrect. Lincoln, Nebraska. Is that we were good 25 years ago. That's going to get, that's going to continuously be a harder and harder sell. Mm-hmm. So it is not Scott Frost, buddy. Okay. It's, it's, it's. It's fucking, you're in Omaha, Nebraska. Incorrect. Lincoln, Nebraska. It's hand jobs from sturdy women with callous hands. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? That's what you're yeah. looking forward to. <laughs> you betcha. They're sturdy there. Hey, I'll eat my words when Nebraska is back. Yeah. But it, you know what? How long is it? I mean, how long is it going to take, guys? I'll, I'll take GameStop stock. For, yeah. You know, yeah. Give me the GameStop stock, <laughs> then sell me Nebraska. I want to yeah. get a believable, you know, relevant, rational marketplace first. Like GameStop and Nebraska are a uh, are sort of similar, except a, no, GameStop's actually successful now. But yeah. Don't bet on Nebraska. Bet my on point is, is that they're both things that are like obsolete. Like GameStop is a brick and mortar that yeah. sells video games, and then Nebraska is a football program selling good football. Like, neither one of them are like... They, they, they used to. <laughs> yeah. That brick-and-mortar video game store was once a popular location, mm-hmm. as was Nebraska's football program. But both... The things have changed. Yeah. Times have changed. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, Tennessee and Nebraska, they're, they're, they share quite a bit. And it'll be interesting to see which one of them digs out, if either of them do, dig out of the well, mire of mediocrity first. Well, I, it's, now I'm betting on Nebraska, because fucking Tennessee... I mean, I can't... I just... I'm, I'm looking for these... the. Uh, Punishment for this to be because it has been so blatant and numerous. I I can't imagine this isn't going to be some sort of really uh, you know bowl bans and f- several scholarships lost and that really put them in a hole for a while. I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. Gosh, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Well, let's get that's been around the horn. Colin, we haven't touched on this in a long time because we have been taking a big lazy ass break, but it's time once again for Kansas news. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. It's been a while since we did this, so I'll try to catch up on everything we uh, we haven't been following. Sure. Three captured in Kansas with stolen trailer. So we're going to start right down the middle with a typical Kansas story. God, how do you steal a trailer? Well, let's find out. It's like I'm, I'm assuming it's like a stock trailer or like a car trailer, not like a home, a, a Kansas home. home. Yeah, a mansion, a Kansas it's mansion. Really hard to get away with one of those without somebody noticing. You like, think right away? Law enforcement authorities are investigating three suspects on multiple charges after a traffic stop just after 1 p.m. on January 26th. Sheriff's deputies stopped a northbound Ford F-150 truck bearing a Texas license plate pulling a trailer in the city of Holton, Kansas. The driver allegedly committed a traffic infraction. Deputies discovered that the South Dakota license plate on the trailer had been reported stolen. Deputies also located a piece of tape on the trailer tongue that had been spray-painted to match the trailer. The piece of tape was covering the VIN number. But somehow the sheriff's deputies were able to discover something was below tape. (laughs) Police work. That's right. Hashtag detectives. (laughs) The trailer had been reported stolen out of Cherry County, Nebraska back in October of 2020. Jackson County deputies made contact with the Nebraska Sheriff's Office and were advised that an additional trailer had also been stolen at the same time. Further investigations led deputies to contact the Orange County, Texas Sheriff's Office, who were then able to recover a second stolen trailer. The pickup driver, identified as Michael A. Hall of Mauriceville, Kansas, was arrested on requested charges of possession of a hallucinogenic drug. That's a real shocker. Driving while suspended and transporting an open container and for an outstanding felony warrant. So he sounded like an awesome dude. Yeah, he's a... 
a popular fellow with the law enforcement. Uh, Michael Miller of Sulphur, Kansas, and Shane Sanger of Vidor, Kansas, were also arrested on similar charges. So, I mean, they didn't get into the type of trailer it was, Colin, and that's really a shame because (laughs) it matters a lot in Kansas because it could be, frankly, someone's home or it could be an animal's home. (laughs) Well, I just... I just imagined a uh, sort of slope speed chase while a guy pulls one of those a mobile home with a giant oversized load fucking yellow sticker on it and just the cops chasing someone stealing. Yeah, fishtailing. Yeah. <laughs> a fireball flies across the Kansas sky. Back on February 1st, there were several reports about a fireball lighting up the night sky across Kansas. Zachary Cheney submitted a video to Eyewitness News that he captured Sunday night near Annandale, Kansas. Cheney said he was northbound on Annandale Road, about four miles south of the city, when his dash cam caught what appears to be a ball of light shooting across the sky and then dissolving. We can only imagine what the Kansas locals must have thought was happening when they saw well, there's a meteor. a couple explanations. It could have just been a shooting star, and mm-hmm. Kansas people are too dumb to know what the, a shooting star is. Mm-hmm. Or... They could be just assuming it's the second coming. It's the rapture. It's, it's hard to say what Kansans will, will, will well, take from this. It says here that the American Meteor Society said there were 31 reports across the globe from as far west as Colorado and as far east as England and Scotland. But only in Kansas did they start shooting guns at it. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I guess a lot of people across the world, you know, if you were in the Western Hemisphere, you you saw saw this this thing. But in Kansas, they reacted differently because they thought they were being attacked by a sky demon. Yeah, sure. But uh, not anywhere else? No. So the the meteor isn't only going to appear in the state of Kansas. That's obviously not a thing. But how they react to it is uniquely Kansas. I mean, they're probably going to elect it governor next, you know, (laughs) the nightlight, they call it. As long as he's against entitlements, I'm sure he'll get the votes. (laughs) A Kansas man accused of crashing a stolen Chrysler Crossfire with owner on (laughs) in pursuit on foot. (laughs) Well, that fits for a Chrysler Crossfire. (laughs) Could a could just a normal human man keep up with it on foot? The answer is yes. (laughs) Prosecutors say a Kansas man stole a vehicle in Falls City, Kansas, later crashing it and was chased down on foot by the vehicle's owner. (laughs) Crossfires are really slow. Uh, Brian Valdez, age 46, of Lansing, Kansas, is charged with theft and carrying a concealed weapon. An arrest affidavit says the owner of the 2007 Chrysler Crossfire was visiting a friend's apartment when he heard a car start outside and saw it pull out of the lot. The man rushed to another vehicle and went in search of his car when the crossfire crashed into a barricade across the street. The affidavit says Valdez ran on foot but was chased down by the car's owner. A responding police officer said he had to pull the two men apart from a physical altercation when he arrived on the scene. Of course he did. And he also said that the officer found a large knife in Valdez's coveralls. <laughs> and I'm not making any of that up. That is straight scoop, sure, baby. Sure, that's a got a serrated vegetable knife in his, mm-hmm. in his in the pocket of his coveralls. And there's a lot that's always left out of these reporting. What they did not tell us was whether there was a shirt, an undershirt of any kind, <laughs> below these coveralls. But I think we all know the answer to that question yeah, sure. in advance. Next door, Kansas man digs up old outhouses. He finds pieces of history. That's not history, fella. That's not what you're thinking no. it is. No, it's the history of a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want to 
one do you need that for? There's a lot of different kinds of history, and I would suggest any of the others. Is there some sort of tradition in Kansas where, you know, like, they residents eat their silver, you know, like to keep it safe? And so he's just like, ah, yeah, you dig up an outhouse occasion, you find well, a, they could a hunk of silver or the skeleton of, let's say, a hamster. I assume they possibly swallow their tooth, you <laughs> yeah. know, and a lot of fillings. So what tr- what treasures is he finding, Brendan? Well, let's let's get into it. Well, Colin, it starts with a question: Would you dig up an outhouse for fun? No. Okay. Never. Uh, one Kansas man has made a hobby from it. Sure he has. There's only a couple of us who do this in this state, said Kenny Reznor, but far more than any other state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, think of it as... We're the only two we know of. <laughs> but we haven't got the internet yet, so we don't know what's going on outside of Kansas. <laughs> sure. Think of it as excavating abandoned garbage holes and finding hidden trash, or what some may refer to as treasure. No, no one does. <laughs> well, listen... Digging around in a junkyard, theoretically, you might find something, but mm-hmm. not in. A, you're just going to find decomposing shit. I'll tell you what, Colin. Just backing up from all that, I hate garage sales. I hate rummage sale. I hate any of that kind of shit. My theory or my philosophy has always been: one man's trash is another man's trash. It's yeah. not treasure, folks. If you bought it for fifty cents, yes, there will be the occasional story on PBS's antique road antique show. road show. Where you find some sort of $25,000 precious heirloom that yeah, you thought was. oil painting this. But it is not happening to you. No. It's not happening to anyone. Once in a great while. Well, that Sports Illustrated football phone is not ever going to be. Fuels an industry of <laughs> idiots thinking they can haggle for yeah. crap. Absolute junk. Yeah. You may and have bought it for 50 cents, but it's not ever going to be worth more than that. But I will take an old game of hungry, hungry hippos with most of the marbles missing before I would dig through someone's shit. Yeah, by choice for sure. Back in the 1800s, they didn't have a trash truck that went through, and that's just where they threw their trash. So that's why all the stuff is in there, according to Kenny Reznor. A buddy of Reznor's introduced him to the hobby about eight years ago after a lengthy stint of collecting Indian artifacts. No word if they collected the shit. After a while, one of the guys from Oklahoma gave me one of his probes... (laughs) Okay, this is getting, yeah, he kind of taught me how to do it and stuff like that. Then I just kind of went on my own. It sounds, it sounds like he was being <laughs> yeah, it sounds groomed like- by Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. uh, how does it work? Reznor says he plans each of his digs. He uses a Sanborn map, which no one knows what that is, detailed maps of the U.S. cities and towns in the 19th and 20th centuries, or plat maps. You go to these towns, they're vacant lots now, but they... Used to have houses there, and in the 1800s, these maps showed exactly where the houses were. The outhouses were usually out back by the alleyway. The husband and father then used the probe to identify where to dig. It's, by probe, is it just a dog that can smell shit? I don't know. Anyway, it's far more complicated than I expected, and far longer of a stupid fucking article about a guy who basically digs shit, you know? <laughs> but I had to put it in Kansas News, Colin. It's a Kansas man who digs old people. He digs, digs old, old shit. Outhouses. Yeah. So it had, to, it had to go in there. We got one more story on the day for you, Colin, and it reminds me of football season because we always had an athletic story. The Kansas basketball team played this weekend as well as our Tigers, and they went up against number 17 West Virginia, the number 23-ranked Kansas Jayhawks, who are 12-5 and five going into this matchup. Did you hear I finished, Colin? I didn't. What, what, what did we miss? West Virginia beat Bill Self's Jayhawks 91-69. to 
to 79. That's a shame. That's a real pity. Kansas was already lower than us in the rankings, and mm-hmm. uh, us beating a top 10 team. Sure. And then them losing by more than 10 to a number 17 team. And we know Kansas doesn't want to play Missouri in football. We know why. Because, you know, we kicked their fucking head, and it's starting to feel that way about basketball, too, Brennan. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's just a real shame that we're better than Kansas at football and basketball. <laughs> That's wonderful. Colin, uh, before we sign off, I want to give you an opportunity. Your Kansas City Chiefs are heading to a Super Bowl tomorrow. We're recording this Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday. It's a big one going up against... Tom Brady, who's been to the Super Bowl 10 motherfucking times, and Patrick Mahomes trying to make it two in a row. Tough task. As a Chiefs fan, how do well, you feel? I mean, with Patrick Mahomes, you always feel pretty good, but the Chiefs fucking offensive line is like has been devastated. Yeah. Now. And so it's just – Laurent Duvernay Tardif never even played this season because he's out – for COVID. Being a doctor for <laughs> out there he for COVID, and uh, then we lose uh, Eric Fisher, and I don't know. They're, they're just playing with the B squad uh, at uh, O line, and I'm just uh, I, I I worry that the one thing you can. Can, can control Patrick Mahomes as if he has zero time to throw the football. Yeah. So do you have a prediction? Or are you going to make one? Oh, I'd still pick the Chiefs, but it's going to be a lot closer than we want it to be. What do you think about Tom Brady? The fact that he's taken the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I think. To- uh, I think it's a fuck you to Roger Goodell and to I think it's a fuck you to Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. I mean, and I don't. That's not to say that Bill Belichick isn't still a good coach, but I think Bill Belichick, as much as anybody, was chalking his success up a little too much to Bill Belichick and not quite enough to. I had a pretty good horse. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I had a pretty good horse, and he won a lot of horse races. And he and Bill Belichick was the jockey, doing a good job being a jockey. But at the end of the day. He's not winning as many races. Yeah, it's <laughs> because good. He, it's, his horse changed. Turns out it's good to have Tom Brady. On team. <laughs> yeah, it turned out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Turned <laughs> I'll out. tell you what. I remember they had won their first two in uh-huh. a, uh, Super Bowls, and I remember that they were talking then about how they were so good that Tom Brady was just an interchangeable part. Yeah, and sure. That, that, I mean, it's almost unbelievable to think people talk that way. But well, he was not regarded highly. When well, he was and when new. they started, when they started, when he started going to Super Bowls many, many moons ago, he was sort of a game manager type. You know, he didn't really become Tom Brady of forty touchdowns and five thousand yards until those Randy Moss days. He's had a transformation as a quarterback. Listen, it's hard to argue with success. Jesus Christ, the guy just wins. And Tom Brady's easy to hate, the same way Peyton Manning was easy to hate, and that they're sort of Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. and you know they work really hard at it. But ultimately, they're probably to be admired because they ate. Breathed and slept or slept. Incorrect. <laughs> Woo. Football. You know what I mean? But they're yeah. like, oh, goody goodies, working really hard. Like, yeah. you know, that's what you, what you want you. as your quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, don't hold that against Tom Brady that he's, you know, kind of sort of important. Well, uh, football's important to him, you know? I, I'll tell you one thing about this Chief squad that gives me a lot of confidence, I guess, is that they remind me so much of that uh, greatest show on turf Rams team that was so prolific and fun to watch. The thing about this Chiefs team is that unlike the Rams, which when it got late into the playoffs, the Rams had the games got tighter and tighter because they were, you know, these teams were good and they were on to what the Rams did. D- nothing seems to stop the Chiefs. I mean, they, they were a far better team than the Buffalo Bills. You know, they, mm-hmm. they marched through here. And I think everybody sort of because of the offensive line being beat up. And I think because the Chiefs weren't blowing people out like they did last year, they were just doing whatever it took to win. They just keep doing that over and over that people maybe, you know, had 
they were short. They were sleeping on them a little bit, but here we are trying to get a second one. Well, and I think that what you really were seeing is the Chiefs went won a Super Bowl and they expected to go to another one, and so they were doing just enough to win those games during the regular season Mm -hmm. because they're a team that's so good that you know, like, oh, we don't have to turn it on into the playoffs, and that's not a great thing, honestly. You want your team to play super hard all the time, but I think that the Chiefs were kind of sleepwalking through the regular season, like, let's get to when the games count because that's. It doesn't even get important to us until then. Yeah. You know? So, well, not everybody who listens to this is a big Chiefs fan, but I imagine a lot of them are. Obviously, they're our Missouri NFL team. So, why don't we get this podcast up there? People can listen to it and then focus on the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, so follow us on Twitter. Yeah, t- on check Patreon. out our Patreon. Don't check out that Patreon. We're going to be putting more and more stuff on Patreon as spring football gets started. Yeah, and it's there's some football stuff in there, but there's also other stuff. You the, know, there's a lot of. Other stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you want to hear me and Brennan talk about a range of topics that are there. And mm-hmm. Because we'll be introduced to people like Cowboy Cody. You'll notice we're a discipline crew, and we don't talk about much other than sports on this program. <laughs> sure, sure. So when we have things to say that don't revolve around sports, yeah. we'll put it on the Patreon. But, uh, you know, that's a little taste. And it's pretty cheap. $3 entry fee to get involved in that uh, yeah. Patreon account. But, yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're very active on there, Instagram, and all those other places. Tell your friends about the Mazadcast. I think that's the most important thing. We never tell our listeners, tell somebody about yeah, us. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, uh, we've long since quit sort of hassling people to get us more listeners. Yeah. We, also, we don't do that. You yeah, know? yeah. We got satisfied with the listeners we have. <laughs> yeah, we got like, look, look, those numbers. Those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. We quit, we quit asking people to you know, find new people to listen. But there's probably people who you know who are also deranged and might like <laughs> yeah. listening to us. Yeah. Well, they're that sick. They're that <laughs> sick. You, ha- you know who they are. Yeah, that's right. We all know who they are. Yeah. So anyway, Colin, it's been fun. We had a lot to talk about. Let's uh, go Chiefs, I guess. Yeah. And uh, M-I-Z, of course. Z-O-U. Inevitably, there's going to be some grapes that don't get eaten. (laughs) 